Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting Radio, your one stop for creative inspiration. We have a terrific hour of ideas and tips for you today, so let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Hi, this is Pat, and I am just thrilled to have a whole group of new uh, guests that we haven't talked to before on the show today. That's always so much fun for me. And we're going to go and do a little bit of paper piecing chat for uh, the first the first uh, part of the show here with uh, Mary Hertel from Made by Marnie. So Mary, thanks for being here. Hi, Kat. Thanks so much for having me. You know, I know that your website, your nickname is Marnie, but you're actually, your name is Mary, uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you Mary today, is that all right? Oh, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> now, you were a uh, teacher before, you know, you, you, you retired from teaching. Did you miss it when you retired? Oh, sure, Pat, I did. Actually, I was an elementary art teacher for 35 years, so I taught grades 1 through 5. And I missed it so much that I really needed that the daily creative outlet that I used to have with my students. And that's part of the reason I started to draw the patterns. Yeah, that's, I can, you know, I can kind of see that because you were creating all the time and then all of a sudden, you know, did you have a hobby when you were teaching? Right. Oh, sure. Anything art-related, but I'm really strong in the fibers area, so anything with fabric or yarn. And I've been sewing all my life. Grew up on a farm with a lot of siblings. We had to sew our own clothes, or we didn't have much clothes because, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of money to spend on clothes. So it was kind of a necessity to learn how to sew back then. So when you decided to, you know, start creating in your retirement and just have like this whole other thing that you were doing, how did, how did paper piecing become your sort of passion? My, my, oh, well, it all started with um, retiring and then starting to work part-time at a local quilt shop. Oh. And at the same time that I did that, that was about 2013, I started doing paper piecing, and I just loved it because of the puzzle-like quality it has to put the pattern together because you're following the numbers and putting the pieces together kind of like a puzzle, and I loved that about it. So it became my favorite new way to put an image into a quilt. Yeah. You know, it, it's a way of thinking. Um, like, I'm not, I'm not really a paper piece designer. I've not sort of explored that. But you have to think a certain way. It, and a puzzle is such a good description for that. How do you go about, you do a lot of cute figures. You know, how do you go about taking your drawing and making it uh, paper piecing friendly? Well, I don't use any kind of software like EQ. I like to do all my sketches uh, thumbnail size, which is about maybe three by three inches. And that way I can sketch anywhere, you know, sitting in the easy chair, laying in bed, whenever. And then I will work from that smaller sketch and enlarge it into whatever size I want it to be. And then, of course, grab some colored pencils, pencil coloring in, try a couple different colors on it, and then I make about a fabric to see what it looks like. And it's amazing because sometimes you think you have it all right until you get it done in fabric, 
and then you decide you want to change some things. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, fabric changes everything. It it makes it really does. Yeah, it makes it look so much different. So, what are a couple of tips for um, paper piecing that you know that people may not know about? Well, I like to do things quickly because. My focus is on the designing, so I like to get the paper piecing done so I can get on to the next design. So I don't like to pre-cut. I've never liked cutting fabric. That was always my least favorite thing to do in quilting. So I like to use larger scraps, and then I, I sew them in place and press them in place. Then I trim them to fit the shape, and I do very little seam ripping that way. So that's the hardest part is guessing where that piece is going to flip because you kind of get that butterfly effect in paper piecing. You're sewing and then flipping your piece into position. So using the larger scraps is is great. And then I really don't have a lot of waste because then I just keep using what's left for the next smaller and smaller and smaller shape. (laughs) So where do you keep all these little pieces, Mary? Oh, organizing is the key. I have baskets and... Of course, being an ex-art teacher, everything's done by color, and I like to keep um, like a basket of warm colors, a basket of cool color scraps, and then a basket of neutrals, and when I get enough scraps, then I make like gift cards or crazy quote little tiny pieces of little tiny quotes, so nothing's ever wasted. Yeah. I I love that. This is, do you think that's the teacher part of you, the the elementary school teacher part? We're not wasting anything. Oh, absolutely. And growing up on a farm, I think it, we oh. really had to use what we had to have our fun. Yeah, yeah. That I I can see that. You also have several books. Um, and your what is the newest one? The newest one is Sew Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. It just mm-hmm. came out in 2017, and it was published by CNT Publishing. It's actually going to be featured in the December Gift Guide in the American Patchwork and Quilting magazine. Yay! So Yay! It is so darling. That. It is so darling. What is your favorite image you did for Merry Little Christmas? Definitely the white polar bears are the best. Oh. They're just so sweet and Everybody seems to really gravitate towards the polar bears. Yeah, they're kind of like peeking at you. That's why I like to like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, I, my, my images are very um, whimsical and fun, but I try to keep the patterns really, really easy. I found that customers are really responding to that, and a lot of them will say, I hate having to put a pattern together that has 50 pieces in it, and mine go together really quickly, so I think that's, a big draw. Now, you were telling me, uh, because you do a lot of image-based things, and you have got the most darling animals, uh, that the dogs and the cats have really um, drawn people to you, and that you're actually getting requests. Yes. I did a really fun little project. I did like an experiment last year. And I asked customers to email me photos of their special pets, real pets. Mm-hmm. And then I chose 11 of my favorite pets from those photos, and I designed them into blocks and then made them into a quilt pattern. And that became so popular that I still have customers sending me photos of their special breeds 
that work in a quilt so that they, I can design like a Westie or a lab and they can substitute it and put their dog breed into this quilt. Yeah. Uh, the, the, um, you know, the whole idea of having, I, I had dogs, so, you know, I really, really relate to that. And I have lots of friends who have sweet cats. And, um, so I think that that's really fun to give the, um, the personality. Do you have what, do you have a dog yourself or cat? I did have a dog and now I am just so busy all the time that I feel like I'm going to have to be a little less running around before I get right. another pet. They're going to be, yeah. you know, alone too much. Yeah, well, so I, I missed my dog, though. I had a retriever. Oh, oh, yeah. I had a lab and a mutt. Um, you know, the mutt was so sweet. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm the same. I travel too much. And so, you know, mm-hmm. down, down the road. Now, you can, where, where can people find out where you are teaching or where you will be? Because you do some vending, too. I do. I do vending, and I do a lot of lectures for group guilds all over the place. It's a um, watch for madebymarnie.com. That's my website and my blog, and I always post on there what's happening, um, where I'm going. So that's probably the best place to check. Right, and people can subscribe to your blog to get an email uh, when you have new articles, which is really nice. Um, yeah, sure. So do you uh, do you have a favorite um, thing at the American Patchwork and Quilting's uh Website, like a favorite section? Oh, definitely the paper piecing section. <laughs> the problem is, <laughs> I never get a chance to do other people's patterns because I'm really busy getting my own samples done. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, <laughs> there's just not enough time in the day. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I totally, I, I'm the same, you know, like, Mary, I'm always going like, oh, my friend made this really cute thing, and so I want to make it too. Uh, <laughs> I, I never yeah. So you've also done some um, work with the guide dogs uh, for a charity quilt, um, uh, the guide dogs. I was contacted by the Orange County Quilt Guild in Southern California, and they make this huge king-sized charity quilt every year for the the guide dogs of America, and they wanted to use my patterns, so I donated every single dog block I have <laughs> so oh. they could have enough to do a king size and I just can't wait to see it. This quilt will travel throughout the whole U.S. for a year and then they auction it off and they said it usually goes for about $30,000. So I'm so excited to see it. Wow. So the the actual organization has people who are making it. You're just donating all the patterns to it. Yes. And yeah. so the whole quilt will be my patterns and then they have their uh, members making it. Right, right. Oh, my goodness. So we have about a minute. Tell me what you have on your website when people go there. What can they find? Well, my website will um, tell you, in my blog, it will tell you what I'm working on this week. And then you can also, from there, see free tutorials on paper piecing simple blocks and combination blocks. And you can also go from my website right to where I sell on Etsy and Craftsy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. just, you, um, you have a few my, free patterns, too. You have a couple of free patterns so people can try out your style. I do, and that's been very popular, the free stuff. <laughs> people yeah. love that. Yeah. 
Well, it's always nice to be able to see somebody's style before, you know, and then that gives you a feel for whether that's, uh, you're in tune with that person. So that's very generous of you. Um, so I just, this has been so much fun, Mary. Well, thanks so much. I love talking to you and all of your fun listeners. Yes. And um, hello from Wisconsin. <laughs> We're gearing up for some snow tonight. So I <laughs> hope you have yeah. a little warmer there. Mary and I were talking weather before we started. Thanks, Mary. Bye, Pat. Join the One Million Pillowcase Challenge in March for the Ultimate Pillowcase Competition. Gather a team and compete in one of two categories during the month of March to make pillowcases, earn points, and maybe be crowned the Ultimate Pillowcase Champion. The top three teams in each category will be awarded cash prizes. Even if you're not forming a team, you can watch all the action with weekly voting and daily prizes. Visit allpeoplequilt.com backslash pillowcase madness for more information. Quilt Along with us in 2017. Join our fourth annual Quilt Along by stitching a wall hanging, a throw, or a one-block table topper, or all three projects. Visit allpeoplequilt.com backslash quilt along for a list of participating bloggers and designers and to see photos of what staff members and other readers are sewing. Share your photos on social media by using the hashtag APQQuiltAlong to join the fun. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. This is Pat Sloan, and our show is brought to you by Moda Fabrics. And so if you want to go out and see uh, some of their newest things on their website, they've got a recap of the trade show and what all the new lines are that are coming up in the future. So that's a lot of fun to check out. I am so excited to talk felt. This is going to be so much fun. Kathleen Burlew is a designer who works a lot with felt. She does a lot of other things, too. But she's a regular contributor to the American Patchwork and Quilting uh, magazines, and you'll, you will recognize her work. Kathleen, thank you for being here. Oh, hi, Pat. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, I used to do a lot with wool felt. Um, it's been a little while. So when I was looking, you know, at your things, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be so much fun. When did you first um, find wool felt, like, you know, discover that you really wanted to work with it? Honestly, it's it's only over the past few years, and it all kind of started with an Etsy gift certificate. Oh. I mean, I've always done sewing and embroidery and cross-stitch, and a few years ago, I was really focused on cross-stitch and designing charts. And in my Instagram travels, I was seeing all these really great projects made with wool felt. And I thought, oh, that's something I'd really like to work with. So when my daughters gave me an Etsy gift certificate, I found a vendor that is a distributor for national nonwovens. Mm-hmm. And I ordered a bunch of different colors and started playing with it. And I instantly became obsessed. So I just 
yeah, it's just so much fun to, to play with and to work with. Yeah, it's kind of like instant gratification, I think. Um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, would, would you just uh, give everybody a little um, little history, or not history, but just tell us exactly what wool felt is, because it is different than 100% wool. Right. The ones I use are a wool rayon blend, mm-hmm. so they're a little lighter weight than the uh, 100% wool, which works well for my projects, because sometimes there's a lot of layering and... It just works better that it's not that bulky. But the best thing about it is that it's it's felted. It's still felted. It's not woven, so it doesn't fray. It doesn't need to be hemmed. And, like, uh-huh. that's where the instant gratification comes <laughs> in, like you said. Exactly. You know, you just sew it, and the project has a finished look to it. Um, so I have a question. Are, yeah. are you washing it in advance, or are you using it right off the bolt? I'm using it right off the bolt because okay. it, it cannot be washed. You know, it, it can be dry cleaned. It can't be washed in the washing machine. So when I get it, I just press out any creases and mm-hmm. basically just start working with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I cut out my patterns, I do use freezer paper because mm-hmm. the felt, the texture doesn't lend itself to fabric markers. So that's it. Just do my pattern, start cutting, and, and start sewing with it. So it's pretty pretty basic. So what are your favorite things to design with the felt? I do, everything I do is hand-sewn. So mm-hmm. the projects obviously tend to be pretty small. I like ornaments. I like doing pillows, um, little bags. I do a lot of sachets. So, and I also do applique projects. So some are three-dimensional, like ornaments. Mm-hmm. And I also like just doing a flat applique project that I, you know, embellish with embroidery. And I might just use that as a wall hanging or frame it or maybe applique um, the panel onto a tote bag or a pillow. But I like all different kinds of designs. I mean, I like nature. I do flowers and mm-hmm. leaves and acorns and things, but then also... If you've looked at some of my work, some of them are pretty quirky. So I like all yeah. kinds of different designs. Yeah. <laughs> now, you are sort of well-known uh, in the Quilts and More arena for, for some of your, um, of your projects. What are, what are some of the favorite ones that people write you about? Um, I have to say the Elf Clothesline Garland. <laughs> and that for that one, I made sets of tiny elf clothes. There were little coats and pants and hats <laughs> and shoes and mittens. And I mean, the coats were only three inches high, so they were tiny. Oh. So I decorated them with, you know, I put rickrack or ribbon on the cuffs and around the collars and buttons on them and pom-poms on the hats. So they really looked like elf clothes. And then <laughs> to display it, this was the fun part, is that I hung them on twine with mini clothespins so it looked like the the elves had done their laundry and hung it out to dry so that was that was a favorite i have to say it's, it's a hard yeah. day in the office for the elves oh, they oh, exactly they, they still had to they had to do their laundry aspects. yes yeah and also oh. another was the the robot ornaments um mm-hmm. i i like sci-fi movies from the 50s like forbidden mm-hmm. planet ones that feature mm-hmm. those retro-looking robots mm-hmm. so i thought it would be fun to design some out of felt so I came up with three different designs, and I think they were in quilts and more a few years ago. Um, but to keep them from just looking like felt robots, I embellished them with some 
buttons and snaps and some metallic embroidery floss details. So that okay. kind of looks like their little gizmos and gadgets and wheels and buttons on the robot. Yeah. So I got some good feedback from that. Now, the felt, um, for people who haven't used this before, it's heavier than quilting cotton, you know, quite a bit. But do you mm-hmm. do you use it as one layer? Let's say when you're saying you're doing the ornaments, are you doing two layers and stuffing them? What is What is the best way to do that? I do two layers and stuff them. I like the look of a, of a stuffed ornament, just lightly, you know, with fiber filled. If I'm doing something flat, a lot of times it needs um, maybe a little bit of, of stiff interfacing to hold the shape if you're doing, you know, you're not stuffing it at all. But for, uh, say, a bag, you know, you wanted a gift bag, you might want to reinforce that, especially the base with some interfacing and, and double layer it there. So it's... It's holding. You're right. It's it's heavier than the cotton fabric, but it's still not sturdy enough to hold to hold every shape on its own. Yeah, I mean, if it were teeny tiny, maybe, but then it would get right. lost, you know. So exactly. Yeah, so you need to do a little something, and also because, like you mentioned, they're it re- they're really difficult to wash. I mean, you have to go through a pretty specific process to wash this. So you wouldn't want to put it on clothing. No, no, yeah. not on clothing. I have done on my blog. I featured. Like little hair accessories, I think I made mm. uh, candy corn hair clips once. Just little <laughs> things like that, you know, fun things like that. But nothing yeah. that required, you know, no baby clothes, nothing like right. that. It requires washing. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it would sort of shred up in there. And yep, yep, yep. Now you have a project coming out in the winter issue, winter 2018 issue of Quilts and More, which is Darling and has critters on it. Tell me about it. Now, are you talking about the? Um, the Arctic Animals? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's out now. Um, that one, it's an orca whale, a blue whale, a narwhal, and a seal. Okay. What's so a narwhal? Little, what's a, what a is narwhal, that? It's, it's the whale that has the tusk on it. Oh. You know, did you ever see that? The one yeah. you saw the movie, the, saw the movie Elf, you might remember him. He's yeah. There. yeah. Anyway, um, for that project, I, I just got the idea from playing with color combinations. You know, when I put blues and greens and whites and grays together, it made me think of ice and snow and Arctic animals. So I came up with those designs. And, they're again, they're just simple, pretty flat ornaments stuffed with fiber fill. And I just use little embellishments to give them a realistic touch. Like they have seed bead eyes and uh, the seal has whiskers made from embroidery floss. And for the narwhal, the tusk we were talking about, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't want it to just be floppy felt, so I got um, a toothpick, and I wrapped it with embroidery floss and made a little tusk and sewed it on the snout, so <laughs> it was a nice little touch. So I like to do fun things like that, a little unexpected, yeah. but that one, that one I really like, and I love the layout that the magazine came up with because oh my it gosh. Shows, shows them in their habitat. Yeah. It's very cute. Yeah, and that one is, uh, as you said, it is out now, the winter 2018 mm-hmm, issue mm-hmm. of Quilts and More. Um, now, when you buy the felt, uh, Kathleen, do you have to buy like a whole big bunch or can you find places that sell bundles? How does it come? I can. Well, I originally found it on an Etsy shop that's called Sweet Emma Jean, and they actually sell it by 9 by 12 inch sheets and 12 okay. by 18 inch sheets. And that's how I started was just these sheets. Now, ordering directly from National Nonwovens, you can get you can get you know 36 by 36 and so it depends on your project for some of mine it's you know such a small amount mm-hmm. 
you don't need the big bold. So if people want to start out small, and it's you know it's quite an affordable uh, material, so you, it is available by the sheath. Right, and it's yeah, just like you said, that's a really good point, Kathleen. It's not expensive. It's not as expensive as a hundred percent wool. It's is it comparable to the quilting cotton? I'm I'm not sure. It's only I'm, I just not know the the cost to be honest. Comparably. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it used to be. Oh, last time yeah, I checked, yeah. it was very similar to buying uh, quilting cotton, and you don't need as much, you know. No, so no, you can, right? And do, you can afford to practice and make right. mistakes, and yeah, learn to <laughs> learn to work with it. Yeah. What is your favorite thread to use? I like DMC embroidery floss mm-hmm. because I use that for embroidering details and also for constructing because it's sturdy enough to hold together ornaments and small projects. And then it always gives it a finished look. So say if I'm sewing the front and back of an ornament together with running stitch on the edges, it's exposed, but it's, the floss has a nice sheen to it. It has a color, so it just gives it a finished look. So I just use that consistently for everything. And it really, as you know, comes in hundreds of colors. Hundreds, And I yeah. always, always find something that matches the felt that I'm working with. So that just seems a really good pairing for me. So how many ply of the floss do you work with? Usually two. two. You know, usually two throughout. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm doing, say if I'm doing an area where I wanted to do satin stitch detail, you know, an embroidered detail, I might do more depending on the effect I'm going for. Yeah. So before we wrap up, I just wanted to let everybody know, you because you do a lot of different crafts, they can see a lot of your work at kbbcrafts.blogspot.com. But you That's did it. yeah, you did a, an, an Instagram takeover for American Patchwork. Mm-hmm. What was that about? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. That was back in the summer, wasn't it? But mm-hmm. it was a, such a great opportunity. I had so much fun with that, uh, just sharing things. I had pictures from my little workroom. I shared projects that I'm working on, and it was really nice to interact with the, the readers. Um, it was just a lot of fun. So it was a whole weekend of that. And then at the end, I think I gave them a preview of a little project that's still on my blog, and animal yeah. crackers in my soup pillow. So it was, it was really a great opportunity. <laughs> Well, Kathleen, thank you so much for being here. I look forward to all your projects that you come out with. Okay, Pat. Thanks so much for having me. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, the next thing we're going to do is talk sewing. Quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. To avoid mixing up various sized strips once cut, you can write the measurements on the strip selvage. Get two full years of American Patchwork and Quilting delivered right to your door for the price of one. That's a full year free. Every issue is packed with never before seen projects from top designers, detailed photography, complete materials lists, and easy-to-use pull-out patterns and quilting diagrams. Subscribe today at allpeoplequilt.com.
Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan. The first time that I uh, found Kristen Esser's uh, work was when I saw her book uh, that she's co-authored uh, with Minky Kim and called So Illustrated. She also has a project on the summer 2017 Quilts and More magazine, which I think all of you may be saving fabric for. So she is, yeah, she is going to tell us all of these things. Kristen, thank you for being here. Hi, Pat. So happy to be here. You know, I just, it's so funny when you find somebody's work, you know, like for me, I look around at a lot of things. I see somebody's work and then all of a sudden I see more of it and more of it. And, uh, and then here, here you are. This is, uh, <laughs> So, so what what I'm wondering is if you would tell me a little bit about uh, sort of your background. You know, how did you have you always sewn? You know, what's the deal? Yeah, well, um, I was one of those lucky people who had a mom that sewed, and she made my baby clothes, and she made my prom dresses, she made the drapes in our house, and mm. it's not so much that she really taught me to sew, but she just made me know that people sewed, and it was a good thing to do. And, uh, and then I was, I took an eighth grade home ec class and, you know, kind of got into some garment sewing. I still have this purple polished cotton dress that I made in high school with 27 buttons down the back, you know. And, um, but, you know, I kind of drifted away from it as, as people do, but rediscovered it after I had kids. And, um, my entry back in is I made a bunch of Harry Potter robes for Halloween costumes for my kids one year and it reminded me I really love to sew. And uh, so then I, I made some aprons, and, um, and, and then, you know, as, as was, like, such the trend in the early yeah. 2000s, and, uh, and then, you know, I was really into blogs, and I just kept seeing people making quilts, you know, and Posey Gets wow. Cozy and Soul Mama, yeah. and I was just like, I am going to make a quilt, and it was, like, literally, like, a, a bucket list item for me. It's like, I was just going to make a quilt, and then I'd just move on, and little did I know <laughs> that that was just sort of my my gateway. Yeah, I think it's, that's so funny. We're just going to make one. You know, yes, one and done. I'm sure uh, that's all I yeah, need to do. <laughs> right, just to say you did it. Um, right. That is so funny. Now, you uh, wrote your book um, called So Illustrated with your co-author, How, yes. but you two met and had known each other for a while. Yeah, not that long. I actually love this story. It's just like one of those great universe things where it was the beginning of the school year and I was literally walking my son down the street to school and I noticed that a new family had moved in and that there was a sewing machine right there in the front window. And I turned to my son and I said, I'm going to make friends with that lady. You just watch. <laughs> and, and it took us a little while. We had like the shy smiles and we waved and, you know, for a little while. And then one day I just got brave enough to walk up to her and say, I see you had a sewing machine. Do you, yeah. you know, obviously you sew. I sew too. I make quilts. And she was like, oh my gosh, I think she was just thrilled to find a, a kindred spirit as I was. And um, so she invited me in, and she says, let me show you what I do. And I walked into her, the front room is like her studio, it's a family room kind of thing, and on the walls were these basically works of art, these portraits that I later found out were based on photographs of her family that she had turned into works of art with fabric and thread. And she called, I, I, my, my chin hit the ground, and I said, you did this with a sewing machine? Like, I just did not even understand, and she went on to explain this thing that she did called sewing illustration and then she showed me she was a, she was a very popular Korean blogger and she showed me little small projects that just were embellished with this um, adorable 
Zaka type, uh, you know, style that she had created. And, you know, we became friends and kind of hatched this crazy plan to write a book about it. Because I said, you know, people in the sewing community, they need to see this. You know, people are going to want to do this. And it was kind of just this crazy idea that we had that uh, actually ended up in a book. <laughs> I, and the, the book is so much fun because, uh, you know, you could just tell the friendship, you know, that the, the two of you have. And, and it, you know, all the projects are really, really adorable. Tell me, you know, Kristen, you, you had like a specific kind of uh, workflow for the two of you for your book. Um, yes. Um, yeah, so Minky is the designer. She it's it's her style, it's her mm-hmm. her projects. But she's Korean, and this is not her first language. So I had the language skills. I could write. I could write a pattern. So we were like the, the perfect meshing of skills to make this book a reality. And we had a ton of fun doing it. She would, you know, just hand me these projects, and I would reverse engineer them and, mm-hmm. and write a pattern for them. And um, so yeah, it was just this. This great combination of skills, and we're still like great friends today. We didn't even ruin the friendship writing the book together. <laughs> that, that's, that's a perfect friendship. That is a perfect friendship. You can go through that. Uh, did, do you have a favorite project in the book? It's hard for me, but I think um, we made we have this project called Tea Mats. A lot of people might call them mug rugs. They've got little teacups on them, and I love all things tea, so I love that one. And there's a tote bag project that has this awesome typewriter motif on it, and I think it's a toss-up between those two. Yeah, I love the needle case. I'm so I'm a, pretty much a sucker for needle cases. <laughs> yes. and so, uh, and she has this gorgeous sort of embroidery style, and it just uh, I just love it. Okay, so yes. let's talk about your 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 quilt, your triangle quilt on the cover of Quilts and More. Um, yes. Did you just, just had you uh, had an idea for that and submitted it, or was it already made and you thought maybe this would be a perfect fit for the magazine? It was already made. It was a. It was just something that I had in my head, and that I just made without any, just for myself. And at that point, I hadn't even. Um, I had written up plenty of projects from uh, for, of Minky's projects for magazines, but I had never done one of my own. And so um, I had already made this this quilt. But when I was at Quilt Market um, to promote So Illustrated about a year ago now, I. Um, I thought of myself as an author, not really a designer, even though I was making my own quilts. I was, it was just kind of how I saw myself in my own head. And um, so it was at Quilt Market, and I walked up to a booth, um, and they, it was a magazine booth, and they said, are you a quilt shop owner or a designer? Oh. And I just kind of looked, and I was like, I don't know how to answer that question. So I just right. said, <laughs> so I just said, designer. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, have you, have you ever submitted anything to us? And I said, no. And she goes, well, you should. And she handed me like a form. And that's kind of planted the seed for me. It's, it's like kind of changed how I saw myself. Came back from quilt market, finished up this quilt, and thought, I wonder if I could submit this to a magazine. And I did. And I was shocked beyond all shocked that it was, you know, that it was accepted because it's just half square triangles, for goodness sakes. And, uh, and then also completely floored when it made the cover. Oh, so, um, it is. It is a. They did a gorgeous job presenting your your quilt, uh, but the quilts. You know, the quilt is is just wonderful. What I what I really like is how you did the color 
uh, gradation, you know, um, and I was wondering whether you could give me some tips for people who would like to duplicate that, that feel, because you used a lot, you used a lot of prints, and it's kind of hard to get that color flow from very light, uh, into dark, into different Yeah, I do have a few tips. Well, that particular quilt is just made, it's straight up charm packs. So it's like the, the, the limited color palette was right. built into the line. And, and I do think that that is one of the secrets. I think a lot of times with the color wash thing, we try to do too many colors and it's very hard to figure out how to move from one color to the next. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, quilt, I actually sat down really old school with some colored pencils and, and just kind of sketched just like with, you know, swishy lines, like how I wanted the colors to go, which direction, what color should follow each color, until I found something that I liked. And then, to be honest with you, I don't have a design wall. I have a design floor. (laughs) And and I just, I laid that thing out a couple different ways. And so I think, you know, sort of patience is is part of the process there. But I did get smart with um, my next color wash quilt, which will be in an upcoming magazine, and I, I put it into EQ7, and I downloaded the actual fabrics, and I played with it digitally in a million different ways, and that was so much easier than laying the actual quilt box out on the floor, let me tell you. <laughs> so live and learn on that. Right, right. It is, I mean, it is the digital um, fabric images really do help a, help a lot. You know, Oh, it's a game changer. But for that one, I really just did it with colored pencils until I just kind of found yeah. what I liked. And, and the one thing that you have to keep in mind is when you get to that color swath that is the, the you know, corner to corner, that takes mm-hmm. up way more fabric than you think it's going to. So you've got to have a lot going on in that area, a lot, a lot of those yeah. colors. Yeah. Now, did this one, do you remember, does it use more than one, char- it has to use more than one. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. I think, okay. four, four charm packs. Yeah. I think that gives you a little bit of extra to, to play with. Right. And yeah. people could simulate that from their stash, but it is interesting that the uh, fabric lines, let's say, you know, like Moda's fabric lines are, you know, they have sort of a set number of colors in them. They don't have every color in the rainbow. So that exactly. Yeah, that kind of gives you the guide. Exactly, and that, and so I think there's only kind of like maybe five or six colors in that. So, you know, you, and you can decide if you want to go dark to light or have a meet in the middle. And there's a, you know a few different ways to do it. But having that limited palette actually is is more of a help than a restriction. Yeah, I think that's an excellent tip uh, because everybody thinks you know scrappy is more is more, but sometimes limiting it is really more. That gives you a better, a better. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what is your current obsession? Like, what are you currently sort of like, Oh, I love this. Actually, I'm currently obsessed with hand piecing. I love, yes, I love handwork. I know that it sounds so crazy and so retro, but, um, there's a lot lot written about sort of the, the psychological and meditative effects of knitting, you know, that actually using your hands. And I think that that, translate over to, to hand piecing as well and it's I know mean, I still have kids at home so it's a type of sewing that I can do at night while we're watching TV I don't have to be the, in the other room you know with you know sewing up the machine and it's just a, a re- way to just really slow down and and enjoy the process and um, I'm actually doing a 
like a year-long hand-piecing project with the, the fat quarter shop. They're doing that patchwork along, and, and they're tiny blocks. And I thought, yeah. this is it. This is I'm going to do this, you know, completely hand-sewn. And I'm a little behind, but I'm, I'm catching up, and I just so excited about it. And I posted a little bit. I've got a YouTube video on it, and people have requested um, you know, I think I'm going to do a series of YouTube videos kind of showing people how to do it in the minimal tools that you need to really hand piece, and it's not hard, and uh, see if I can get a little movement going, see if I can scoop up some people along the way. Yeah, you know what? I learned to, I learned to actually quilt by piecing by hand. That was, okay. That was, yeah, that was the only way you could learn in my area if you were going to take a formal <laughs> class at the time. You know, they, they yeah. we all had... We had sewing machines. We just weren't allowed to use them in class. You know, <laughs> do, you, do you hand piece at all anymore? I do a little bit, and and the last time I did it, I really enjoyed it. So, like mm-hmm. when I read when when we you know had chatted prior, and I'm like, oh, this is so cool because so maybe if you start something, maybe I'll maybe I'll we'll jump a in. Bit. Yeah, I actually think I like hand piecing more than hand quilting because your stitches don't show, so the pressure's off a little bit. You don't have to be so perfect. And uh, that's that's one thing that I like. Yeah. There's also more. Do you find also that, that the more there are more complicated blocks that you actually have more control uh, to get a beautiful, perfect block? Uh, Absolutely, the- and that is exactly why I decided for this um, the quilt that I'm working on now to do it because the finished size on some of these patches is an inch. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a nightmare to do on a machine because I'm kind of a perfectionist. I'm a little stickler about accuracy. And that's when I realized, oh, sewing this by hand is going to be so much easier to get the perfect points that I'm after. Yeah. Do you have one uh, last tip for me? Um, well, one thing that uh, I mentioned on a blog post once that people have come back to me about and said, thank you so much for that tip, is this little thing that I call stitch basting. And that's when, because I am a little bit of a stickler for accuracy, and when I really want those perfect points, um, instead of pinning, doing a million pins with it to get that point and it still can slip, I've actually learned that if I can just hold it, hold that little you know intersection where I want, slip it under the machine, and just do like three or four stitches right at that intersection and go through the row and just match those points and then go back and sew the whole seam, that it can come out perfect. And at first, I worked on a quilt that I was having such trouble making these points work, and I thought, oh, well, this will take forever if I do that, but you can really get into a rhythm and get some perfect points. And I've gotten, like, so many emails from people going, you know what, I didn't think that was going to work, but that I, that's so much better than pinning. So uh, I call it stitch basting. Cool. Well, Kristen, yeah. thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. It's been so much fun. And when you do your hand uh, piecing thing, if you do something, email me. I will absolutely do that. Thanks so much, Pat. Join American Patchwork and Quilting on Facebook for daily quilting inspiration, tips, giveaways, and more. Find us at facebook.com backslash APQ magazine. This quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. Press and seal can be used to hold pieced units in place before sewing together.
Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. And I just wanted to give you Kristen's uh, website, which is Kristen Esser, E-S-S-E-R dot com, so you can find her. Now, this is like an all-contributor show. Everybody I've talked to today has contributed to American Patchwork uh, in some way or another. And so Leslie Chasen of Berry Bird is another one of the people that you will find uh, in our magazines. And she's an author, designer, and all-around fun, fun uh, projects. Leslie, you know, this is, I'm just really excited to, to talk to you. Thanks for being able to do this. Yeah, thanks for asking me, Pat. You know, what I love is that uh, you you do a lot of different things, and you always seem to have sort of like a fun uh, aspect to it. What are you know, from pin cushions, you're, you know, you've got like chalk painting, all kinds of things. Uh, what What is your current like project that you're working on? Well, I have to say I am working on sewing right now. And my biggest <laughs> thing I'm doing is is my Instagram account where I am featuring a hashtag 20 over 20 Berry Birdie. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm sharing 20 sewing and quilting projects over the next 20 weeks. So I share uh, my designs, patterns, how-to videos, tips and tricks, stuff like that. So, so far I have shared uh, foundation paper piecing. We've done watercolor quilting and I showed fabric stamps, so how to make tiny little fabric stamps. And this week we're going to go over sewing machine drawing, so which is creating designs with kind of a free motion technique. Right. Holy cow. You know, that's uh... – <laughs> you're just you have all yeah. kinds of things going on so what have you always sewn have you always sewn your whole life I have yeah I began when I was about eight years old and my mom she let me use her old finger sewing machine which I believe was my grandmother's mm-hmm. and I just started making little doll clothes but I did make my first quilt when I was 14, which, of course, I designed myself. Of course. Um, yeah. And it was my dad. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it was my dad, though, who was the one that helped me pick out fabrics. And he even made me a big frame so that I could do all the hand quilting on it. Because back oh. then, they never had, you know, we never did free motion quilting. So so why yeah. did your dad do that? I mean, did he love quilts or did he just know about no my no my parents are both very talented my dad went to an arts design school and they both are artists my dad's a writer they're just really into trying everything and they're just both very creative people so they were very supportive my whole life on anything that I wanted to do or try that's that is wonderful. I, I love when mm-hmm. parents just say, you know, go for it, and uh, Funda, you maybe absorb some of that from them. They're artistic. Probably, yep. Yes. <laughs> so, what um, when you got back into quilting? Did you know where you know you started quilting? Wherever it was, do you have like a like a local group that you hang out with? Well, not at the moment, no, um, but it was a, a quilt group that I had um, known in a small town where I lived, and that actually helped kind of inspire me to get my first book oh. published, which was Charmed, I'm sure, and they 
they just inspired me because every time I showed up at the guild, I'd have another quilt made and I'd have another <laughs> thing designed. And, and so finally they all just said, you know, listen, you've got to submit this stuff, which I had never even really thought of doing before. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, it was in 2009 that Martingale published that book. And it was actually um, their first charm book that has oh. ever been published. Yeah. So that was really exciting. That is really fun. Have you done another book, or is that just uh, the one right now? No, no, just the one for right now, although yeah. they have been bugging me <laughs> to do some more. Yeah. So I, I, I have been actually putting some, some new patterns together to submit again. So it, it's a lot of work to put a, a book together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, now your work for uh, the, a lot of things that you submit for the magazine for American Patchwork are a sort of a different... Um, you know, sort of vein of things. Uh, what is some? What are some of the things that you've had published? So for quilts and more, my most popular items are the pin cushions, which I've had really fun designs. Um, yeah. My most popular, I think, is probably my donut. Yes. I've had a hamburger. <laughs> yeah, I've had a hamburger pin cushion, a lemon pie, um, an ice cream pin cushion. I even actually have followers that say. They don't even have to open the magazine to see right. who has made them. They right. just know, oh, yeah, that's, that's Leslie. We totally can see that. Yeah. Right. And they're, pro- and they're almost always on the cover. Uh, yes. Because <laughs> they're they so are. cute. They're so cute. Yes. Now, do, what do, do you make yes. those out of cotton, or are they felt? Um, you know, some of them have just a mix of fabrics. So, um and supplies, actually, too. One of my favorite items I love using is actually lids. So jar lids is oh. quite popular inside them, too. Yeah, but I use fabrics and belts and and buttons. Yeah, all sorts of different items. Yeah. Yeah, and recently you had, um, is it, re- yeah, you had the acorn and the oak leaf, the needle book? Yes, so that was actually one that I had made a couple years ago for Quilts and more, and they did feature it at allpeoplequilt.com, probably because it's the fall time, and that right. was a really popular yes. Um, the most recent project that I had was this summer, and it was actually a foundation paper pieced pincushion. It was a travel pincushion, so it was a star, and the star was sewn on top, and then it was sewn into a jar lid, just like what I was saying. Okay. So that when you push, when you push your pins down, they didn't come off the bottom, mm-hmm. right? They just yeah. went down into the jar lid. And then I made a little travel bag that just fit exactly around it, and you could just seal it and take your pins on the way. You know, this is the cutest project ever. It's called Keep It Together, and it's in the uh, summer uh, 2017, quilts and more. The, the, the jar lid, when you say jar lid, Leslie, what, like, is it metal? Is it plastic? It's metal, so it's like a okay. canning jar lid. Oh, so it has okay. the two parts of a regular canning jar lid. Okay. Yeah, the flat part and then the seal. Yeah. Mm. Okay, my brain has it now. I was thinking like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, what's glass a jar lid. lid. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. I love. I think that is so creative that you made it. You put it into the little drawstring bag because that's just a good size to throw a little handwork project in. Absolutely. So you can put even your little scissors or, like you say, a project or your little pieces so that, yeah, you have everything you need just in a little, little bag and you can take it on your way. Mm-hmm. 
So when you did the star part, because it is, it, it, did, you said it's foundation. What kind of foundation? Do you have a tip for that? Um, so I found that the taper was the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And lots of people say different things when it comes to using paper for tracing paper. There's lots of different options. Mm-hmm. But honestly, my favorite is construction paper. Oh, I think it, yeah, it works so well. So I just put it in my printer and it rips so nicely. And I don't know if it's because it kind of has a a more of a softer texture Mm -hmm. or it's, you know, less pressed. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure exactly how to describe that. But yeah, construction paper is the number one for foundation paper. And that's, and it's not expensive. That isn't. No. Yeah. Yeah. Craft store, wherever. Yeah. Yeah. School teachers. Yeah, That's like, <laughs> fine. <laughs> fine. I don't think I've ever heard that the construction paper. Now I need to try it. So that is uh-huh. that is a super good tip. So you you have um, you have kids, right? I do. Yes. Do they sew? I have four children. Gosh. Okay. Four. Well, my oldest, um, she's the one that I have always tried to to get to sew her whole life just because I like it and I wanted her to enjoy it. Um, but she never did. I have always said that I would have to literally strap her to a chair in front of the sewing machine and it wouldn't matter. She still would never sew. Yeah. But it was about a year ago that she wanted to make a quilt for her husband. And so she picked up the fabrics and she sat down and she designed it and she made this quilt and it turned out beautifully. And then after that, I showed her, I showed her Instagram Oh. and that was it. That was it for her. <laughs> yeah. She started following creative people and seeing yeah. quilting things. She started asking me tons of questions like, what is this? And how do you do this? And she was just shocked that I knew all these things. <laughs> and, uh, I, oh even gosh, she mom knows. Yeah. yeah. Too bad you didn't pay attention. <laughs> But anyway, so I showed her how to make a fabric-covered button, and I showed her how to make a pouch, and I showed her how to do hexes because I thought, you know, she could start off with something kind of, like, small, and it's just hand-stitching. Well, she loved it so much that she started on an Instagram account, and she started hashtag 100 hexes 100 days 2017, and she ended up getting 1,400 followers in a week, which I just shocked me. She's just so successful, and she's just loving sewing. Which is, just makes me so proud. <laughs> oh, that is just like a fairy tale for mom. <laughs> like... It is. It is because I waited so long for her to find, you know, the passion that we have. Mm-hmm. And she finally has it now. Every single text or, you know, all the things that we're planning for Christmas. Well, what are we sewing, mom? And what are we making? And yeah. what fabric are you buying? And what fabric line is that? It's just so, yeah, it's so cute. I love oh, it. Very fun. Oh, my goodness. Yay. Now, I do have one. I want to get in one last tip before we leave. So just a a quick one from you. You have a pressing method that you really like to do. I do. And it may sound kind of simple and maybe a little bit silly, but I press everything on the back first. So I don't even hardly look at the front of the quilt when I'm done sewing it. I throw it over my ironing board on the back so I can see all the seams. And that's when I mist it and I press it. And that way I can be sure that 
all of my seams are going the way that they're sewn. And I don't mean necessarily the way that they're supposed to be sewn. I just mean the way that they're sewn. Mm -hmm. And then when I flip it over, it just seems to lay so much flatter rather than trying to fight with them Mm -hmm. on the front and trying to make sure that they're getting pressed. So I press everything on the back. Now, when you said you missed them, um, do you have like a little bottle that is rather that, or do you just like use the, the steam in the iron? I never use the steam in the iron. Um, okay. I always used just a water bottle with um, just, I guess it's just plain water, really. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, I just spray it with a light mist everywhere okay. before I iron it. Okay. Yeah. I'm always I, wor- I'm worried about using the iron water because mm-hmm. I'm worried if it comes out and it's got, you know, kind of a rust on it or something that it might oh, stain yeah. the, iron, the fabric. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've all had that one time where you go like, ah, it's like yes. something yes. icky. Oh, so this, mm-hmm. so you have to just be sure you don't really soak the the um, the piece. That's right. It's just yeah. a light mist. Yes. Right. Right. Well, everybody should visit you because you do such fun things. Uh, what is your mm-hmm. your website is berrybird.blogspot.com. Uh, how do they find you on Instagram? So Instagram is Barry underscore Birdie, and I also have a Facebook page too, so that you can just find them that way too, yeah. And then I also have an Etsy account as well, where you can buy my little patterns there and my quilt patterns. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been a blast. I've just loved it. Thank you. I appreciate you calling me and, and having me on the show, Pat. Well, everybody, visit all of my guests today, and uh, I am Pat Sloan. You can visit me at patsloan.com. Find me at Facebook at Quilt Along with Pat Sloan, and visit All People Quilts. Remember to visit allpeoplequilt.com for more information on topics from today's show, as well as how-to videos, free printable patterns, and additional tips and techniques. Thanks for listening to American Patchwork and Quilting Radio.